0: Following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network.
1: Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive. Welcome to
0: Flash,
1: Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. It is minute
2: seventy-five of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this uh balmy evening?
0: Brad, promise me if you kill me, you'll team up with Jarf and fight Napoleon.
2: Sure, why not? Thank you. That's a that's a promise. I see, I mean, I do a better job of keep of making promises than Baron, so that's something we're gonna talk about. But before we get to that point. We have a fantastic guest with us, Eric, who is joining us this fine evening.
0: We have from this fine evening all the way from the mythical land of Hollywood, actor Matt Oberg.
1: (laughs) Hey, everybody, coming at you live from Hollywood, California. Well, maybe not live, but I'm alive and I'm in Los Angeles and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: Welcome. So, does anyone actually in Hollywood call it Tinseltown, or that's just a douchey <laughs> thing that people who don't live there say?
1: I don't think there's anything you could do in this city to really register as douchey. <laughs> it's just sort of. It's, its We all just accept it of each other. Um, I don't think anyone's like, gets in a cab at the airport and says, Take me to Tinseltown. I, I've never heard it uh, referenced, but. Um, and that's a weird, I guess, cause it's shiny, but, um, yeah, I, I don't use it. I don't, I don't use the phrase I should, but I haven't yet.
2: The same as I'm sure, Eric, you don't really hear a lot of people talk about, you know, a lot of New Yorkers refer to it as the Big Apple. Nobody in New York calls
0: it the Big Apple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the Big Apple. <laughs>
1: Yeah, LA is weird that way. You never feel like you're there, and like Hollywood itself is, like, the grossest part of the city. Well,
0: and everybody lives all over the place too. You're, you're, you're you got to drive like seventeen hours just to get across town.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a big place. It's, it's like a gigantic white planes it's just like <laughs> ugly and just keeps going and then you get to the beach though
2: <laughs> well I, i've heard the stories of people who tourists who come like, expecting to see hollywood or expecting to see rodeo drive and they show up and they just get out of the cars and look around and it's like oh oh this is it
1: yeah it's, it's it's tough to feel like oh here i am yeah don't come
2: <laughs> just <laughs> just stay home everybody well, um, uh, we're really excited to have you with us. Uh, this is... E-
1: Happy to be here. got
2: some great minutes. We're going to have a good time. So, uh, Eric, walk us through what happens in minute 75.
0: Well, we're still in the middle of the big Flash Baron fight on the uh, disc of death. What do we call it? Spike, <laughs> Spike, right?
2: Spike Island? Spike Island.
0: Spike Island. Spike Island. Awesome fight. Uh, Flash is not looking too good, but he gets inspired because Dale screams out... We only have 14 hours to save the Earth. And it's it's like a line straight out of the old original Flash Gordon serials. It's just perfectly cheesy. Well,
2: it, it, you're sort of burying the lead there. It's not just as she says, we only have 14 hours. It's Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 hours.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love you is it, more important, I guess.
1: It seems like an odd unit of time. Like 14 hours. I, I don't really have a sense for how. Like 12 hours, I know how long that feels like, but 14, it feels kind of random to me. Is that, now I have to confess, these are the only three minutes I've seen of Flash Gordon in the past 35 years. So <laughs> if, I apologize for my new, is that like a thing? Are they counting down the hours throughout the movie
0: or? Uh, not, in- throughout, uh, not throughout the movie, but in, in uh- was it the last minute, or maybe two minutes ago? Um, the doctor Hans Sarkov was calculating, and he told Dale, "We've got uh-huh. 14 hours left until the moon crashes into the Earth."
1: Right, right. Okay, well that checks
2: out. Yeah, it, but you're right. Um, you're right, Matt. It, it is a weird. First off, yeah. Whenever you think of it, it's not a. It's not like a good round number. It's not 10 or 12. 12 yeah. makes sense because it's half a day. 24 it's a day, you know. But and even if you were to go 10 hours, two hours, but. Fourteen hours
1: it's it's hard to Fourteen hours seems like a long time, you know. You can get a lot done in fourteen
2: hours. It'd be great if it turns out there was the line was cut. It's like Flash, I love you, but we only have fourteen hours. But you know, still take your time, do it right. <laughs> yeah. No
1: rush. You can take a take a nap. We want you, you know, in your best frame of mind. But like when like, Hawaii thought the nuclear bomb was coming from Korea, North Korea. Like, they thought they had, like, five minutes, and that would freak you out. But if they were like, <laughs> it's 14 hours, I mean, I, I wouldn't – I think I'd be like, okay, well, let me pack a bag, figure this out. It's just – I don't know. It's a weird move. I like movies that – like, now movies are all so, you know – there's so many notes on them and everything. They don't make little weird moves like that. There's such a, a science to how these plots move that, you know, some executives somewhere along the line would have been like, do does it doesn't have to be 14 hours. I, I like that. Or
0: they would be, you know, when they'd be putting the script together, they would workshop, you know, which is the best number to put in here for right. maximum audience audience. Uh, peril, you know, uh, yeah, 14's a good number, go with
1: 14. They, they would test it, they would yeah. screen it in Vegas and see what people thought of 14.
2: The numbers is not this movie's strength, uh, it has been called out <laughs> several times, uh, Eric has been keeping track of lazy script writing, and what was it when they were call- when uh, Flash was calling out the numbers like he was quarterbacking?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. he's going, 42, 43, 44, <laughs> hut hut, is like, a uh, on, really? <laughs> They gotta have
1: some like quarterback stuff in there, though. I mean, they
0: got <laughs> Well, this line actually is is one of the more famous lines from the movie because in the in the theme song in the version that that uh, they released that has quotes from the movie in it. This is one of the quotes that they have in the song. Uh-huh. So this is one of like the big lines that was known. And I was actually watching a movie a few months ago uh, called. Uh, Frequently asked questions about time travel, which is a pretty forgetful comedy. But at one point at the end of the movie, uh, the, the woman says to the man, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the earth, quoting Flash Gordon. Wow.
1: Wow. Huh. I had no idea I was, you know, stomping on hallowed ground here. I apologize if I, if I was making fun of something that's sacred.
0: Uh, I, hey, listen, I accidentally insulted your taste of music uh, off mic earlier today. So. Oh, well,
1: I, uh, we were talking about scheduling for this, and I bragged to you guys about how I have backstage passes to Christopher Cross tomorrow night in the Hollywood Bowl. You weren't sure if I was joking or not. Oh, <laughs>
2: yes, No, he was real sure you were joking. He's like, Oh, Brad, you <laughs> don't understand his sense of humor. He's not going to see Christopher Cross. And you're like, No, I'm going to go see Christopher Cross. And I'm on
1: and my desk. He's like, Oh, man, I would love to go see Christopher Cross. I love sailing. Yeah. And then, you know, there's cuts. He does the theme to Arthur. Speaking of movie themes, that's a Christopher Cross, too. Um,. And then they kind of drop off in notoriety from there, but um, I'm excited for it. It's, it's a long story, but a friend of mine's father wrote a bunch of songs in the 80s and somehow knows Mr. Cross through that and, and finagled us these, these tickets with, I guess I'm gonna have to go backstage and be like, that was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is his name really Christopher Cross? His name is really Chris Cross?
1: This is a good... Qu- I could ask him. I feel like it might be a weird time to do it. But,
0: um, it's like the time I, my I mother know. my mother ran into Tommy Toon once on the street and said, oh, hi, Mr. Toon.
1: <laughs> I, I don't blame her.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello. He's still walking around like the Upper West Side. All <laughs> legs. Tommy Toon. Uh,
2: well, uh, uh, while we're going on, I pulled up to Wikipedia and born christopher charles
1: Gebert. ah mm, geppard yeah you can see how you might want to have something with more zing to it they should but do a was, concert with chris cross the
0: 90s uh, rap band right i mean cross were, chris cross.
1: were they aware that they were stealing his name when they landed on that did anybody did that enter into their calculus at all Probably, they were wearing
2: their clothes backwards. they were not well aware of anything. they were just kids too i
1: don't who know i I'm sure there was like some Bengali yeah, producer who came up with that too
2: oh definitely definitely that that yeah that was and then folks the nineties were a weird era because it was <laughs> the rap game was uh, very different because they were trying to the first attempt to try to make it like family friendly and sort of safe so you end up with you know the fresh dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince you know rapping about you know a, right. a nightmare on my street and parents don't understand stand. cute kid uh rappers and stuff and uh yeah it was uh it was weird so but and it was all very prepackaged, and i just uh, I just don't imagine the Chris. It would be awesome if there was at some point a crisscross Cross meeting crisscross Cross uh, situation, but I, I just don't think it. Yeah, happened. A Chris Cross crossover. Oh I mean, god!
1: I'm shocked if that Funny or Die video does not exist. I we need to we need to make sure that someone hasn't done it because they're probably all available. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well, eh, but you know, then again, Christopher Cross is playing at the Hollywood Bowl. That that ain't nothing. That's True. That is not That's true. nothing.
0: Yeah. And, and, Matt, re- reveal who he's doing the show with. Loggins, McDonald's,
1: and the Hollywood Symphony Orchestra. So, I mean, this is a lot of entertainment value for your dollar. I, you know, you'd be a fool not to go to
2: this. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: It's outdoors. It's an awesome outdoor amphitheater right in Hollywood. I, the only time I've been there before was to see, I was sitting in the last row to see Dolly Parton a couple of years ago. She still got it.
2: Oh, uh, we've actually had Dolly Parton discussions oh, pre... She,
0: yeah, she's come up on this show yeah. before. Really? No. Yeah.
2: We are we are Dolly Parton supporters on this program.
0: Well, well, you are. <laughs> I mean, I, I admitted to liking the song 9 to 5 and I stopped there. She's got some, she got
1: some real doozy. She's got some great songs. Some sad fucking songs.
0: <laughs> Hey, you know, speaking of uh, of uh, theme songs, though, Kenny Loggins was the king of the 80s theme song. I mean, he did he did yeah. uh, Caddyshack and he uh, um, uh, Iron Danger Eagle. Zone. Yeah, I mean, Highway to the Danger Zone, and then he did um, Footloose. Is, Dan- mean,
1: is Danger Zone from Iron Eagle? Was that written for
0: Iron Eagle? I believe so, yeah.
2: No, Danger Zone wasn't Iron Eagle. It was uh,
1: Top Gun. Top Gun.
0: Oh, all, all right. I'm mixing up my plane games. <clears
1: up here. throat> My God, I mean, Iron Eagle to Top Gun. I mean, what is the what is the? Uh, if Flash Gordon is Top Gun, what is it's Iron Eagle, or what is? You have that?
0: Well, no, but you know what? Queen had the song "An Iron Eagle." One Vision. Is that wow? Yes.
2: Wow, Brad, I'm right about oh. that, aren't I? <laughs> sure.
0: Why not? Queen wrote a song for Iron Eagle. I'm going to google it right now cuz otherwise I'm going to be wrong again and this is just uh, this will be very embarrassing since we talk about Queen all the time on the show.
2: One Vision right. Queen Iron Eagle. Correct. Okay.
0: Uh.
1: But it was it written for the movie or
2: That's a great question. There's there's a thing that happens where and I'm looking at the soundtrack, there's One Vision by Queen, there's ah uh, one vision because written.
1: if you remember Iron Eagle, Jason Gedrick wears the Walkman on his leg. You remember that? I vaguely remember that. So you know they had a rock score,
2: right? No, it it looks like it was Iron. Da, 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 da. Then included on their 1985 album, A Kind of Magic. It was ridiculously. So it looks like it was. It came out on an album and then.
0: Oh so they added it. To, okay, it wasn't written for was, this. Okay.
1: But it it fits seamlessly. I mean, it was, you know. But let's say Flash Gordon is Iron Eagle. Then what is Top Gun? Or let's say Flash Gordon is Top Gun. What is it? Iron Eagle?
0: Well, see, I like Iron Eagle better than Top Gun. So, I'm, wow. gonna, I'm gonna mix, Yeah, I'm mixing those around. You're alone on that. List. <laughs> I know they're making a sequel finally to it 50 years later. But uh, yeah. I, I was never into Top Gun. But you were into Iron Eagle then. That's interesting. Iron Eagle. I was into Iron Eagle too.
2: <laughs> How many Iron Eagles were there? Were there three?
0: Uh, I, there might have been a third. I, I loved the second one because it was on HBO all the time. And I would and I watch right. all the time. But I, I, I don't know if there was a three. And
1: what was the Charlie Sheen parody one? <laughs> Hot, Hot Shots. shots Hot Shots. Hot Shots. I was there. I might have seen Iron Eagle in the theater.
0: All right, so see, I didn't see it in the theater. Lou Gossett.
1: There were
2: four Iron Eagles.
0: Wow. Let's say there have been four Iron Eagles
2: so far. <laughs> okay. So we have gone off the rails even quicker than normal today. So getting back to Flash and Baron, they're uh, fighting it out, right? And and Flash, uh, God bless him, he's always still thinking. uh, He's always thinking about teaming up. And as he's having the life choked out of him with a whip, he, he asks Baron to promise that if he kills Flash, that Baron will team up with Voltan and take out and take out Ming. Yeah. God bless him. Flash is just—he's not giving up the team-up idea.
1: A complicated negotiation <laughs> to get into, as you're being whipped to death on Spike Island. It's—it's it's not even like spare me, or you know, it's here's my plan, and please, it has more than one step to it. It's impressive.
0: Yeah, he has no. He has no negotiating position to be making any kind of demands <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: just do me a favor before you choke the life and Baron it doesn't even look like he's hears him he he, he, he doesn't say yeah. it's like sure why not he doesn't even try to like make him feel better as you know the, the lights are going out uh so uh, Baron's
1: still unmoved by flash
0: <laughs> he's so blinded with rage he's not listening
1: yeah, just, just got that kill thrill all over him. Um I like the like extras that. in the back. If you guys talked a lot about them. Oh the Hawkmen? Yeah, go ahead. That they're clear they were like, I think this comes up later once uh um wait. Who do you like? The uh, <laughs> uh Clitus. Cly- <laughs> thank you. I didn't realize clearly someone had directed them to like sort of move their heads like birds. And some of the extras were like more into that than others. (laughs) But in this, in this minute, they're not,
0: they're not really paying
1: that close attention. They look a little bored back there.
0: Yeah. This must've been like take 19 or something.
1: So many takes. Very tedious.
2: Yeah. And it's been talked before. Those costumes were not comfortable. They were very heavy. So yeah, they must have been just miserable by this point. And it's not till later when you're right when Clyda shows up, they get, they get to do a little bit of business because uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this just must have sucked. Because Spike Island is a just seems like a real tricky. Um, set to 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 work upon. It must have been really complicated yeah. to 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 choreograph around the spikes and make it look half decent, and to to get it just so. So uh, yeah, yeah, it, it must have been pretty challenging.
0: Yeah, and I actually I read um, a, a Sam Jones interview, and he said that what they had uh, beneath didn't have mats or airbags. They had cardboard boxes. More than <laughs> and not only were they cardboard boxes, they were more than thirty feet down. Oh jeez So what? Yes. So when they fell, like the edges of the boxes would slam into you first and then you would ease into the boxes.
1: Jesus. Why do they have to be thirty
0: feet down? That seems crazy. I, don't know.
1: <laughs> I guess now you can, you know, do everything with CGI, but then if you want somebody to fall for a while, you gotta really fall for a while, yeah. And what do you know what like studio this was shot at or where they, where these sound stages were? Uh,
0: It was in England. Uh, I don't know the specific uh, studio though.
1: It's a big city. So all those extras are all like buff British dudes,
0: huh? Yeah. Yeah. Actually a majority of the people in the movie are British. There's really only a, uh, how many Americans, Brad? I mean, there's there's Sam Jones, there's there's, uh, Melody Anderson and, Pretty much everyone else is British or Italian, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: I mean, even when we talked with uh, uh, John Morton, uh, who's an American actor, but he was an American actor living in England.
0: Living in England, right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He had the visa, cell, right? He was ready to go. How many, like, super buff dudes were there in London, <laughs> in
0: London
1: that time? That was it. Got them all.
2: Yeah, but I tell you what, they were 70s buff dudes, where these were guys that were, like, <laughs> yeah. big and burly up top, a lot of skinny legs on these guys, <laughs> you know. Even Voltan, who you know, yeah. who looks great, but it's like, eh, not necessarily big barrel chest, and eh, not the legs, not necessarily catching up with the the rest of them.
1: Put a legs day yeah. into the workout regimen. Well, it's good to see Dalton. Um, is it in the next minute that he has his like? Listen to me.
2: Yeah, that's next. That's tomorrow. Yes. That's yes. tomorrow. So he hasn't quite. He, he, it's a pretty quick change of heart. So he hasn't quite gotten there yet.
0: Well, before we, uh, uh, before we get to the end of the fight, uh, there's something that the two of them do in the fight um, that I gotta call out. The the there's the very ubiquitously used hands in the face shot, close up shot of two people fighting, where they just they've got their hands in each other's face and they're kind of shoving each other's faces at the same time. And right. I'm, I'm calling this out because growing up, uh, the same thing is done in the movie Commando, and the final battle between Schwarzenegger and the bad guy in the end of Commando, and because of that scene in Commando, growing up, my sister and I would always <laughs> mimic that hand-to-the-face shoving thing, so I love the fact that Flash Gordon does it too, and I I know other movies have done it, I just can't think of them, but I know it's, 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 a, it's a common thing in, in, the, in the fighting in the movies.
1: Yeah, but Flash was, was there early on, and this, like, sort of purple tornado that's under them, what is the... Do you have more information about that? Well, it's... That just...
0: Yeah, it's it's the sky, because they're in a floating oh, city. Uh, I right. mean, it, when I was a kid, I thought that that was some kind of a vortex. I think the whirlpool effect there made me think that it was just, like, some weird thing you'd be sucked into, but it's actually just the sky, Um That you would, so you'd basically just fall and, I guess, fall forever in the sky or until you landed somewhere. I love how it looks. Yeah,
1: a little bit grimaces at (laughs) even to get up real close. (laughs) That's what it looks like. It's fuzzy purple.
2: Yeah, that that little-known early '70s McDonald's
1: campaign (laughs) (laughs) was one of the Least popular hat being yeah. able to, to
2: us. <laughs> uh, 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 now we know why he grimaces. <laughs> well, in it, in it, in it, oh, I, I'm going to yeah. Brad. This
0: is going to really stretch the PG-13 rating of, of our show. But uh, oh, sorry. The, the joke. No, no, no. The joke I'm about to say is. Uh, but I just I, I can't I can't keep it in. Uh, it, it, after McDonald's uh, couldn't move all those toys, uh, it, it ended up in the. Uh, adult stores for all of the, uh, furry, <laughs> furry, uh, the, the people who like, you know, the furry people, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah.
2: Sure. Sure. Sadly, I listened to too many pod, uh, I listened to too much Dan Savage podcast, not to know what furries are. Yeah. One step away from the bronies. Oh,
1: geez.
0: Yeah. The bronies. There's another one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I live outside of Baltimore. I used to work in Baltimore and I was driving through town to get back home during the Brony convention. <laughs> well,
1: I... And you saw them all smoking outside the convention Yeah, center. all
2: walking towards or walking from in full Brony regalia, and, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, obviously young kids that are fans, and then there'd be, you know, the other people where this was <laughs> right. important on different levels, and... uh you know, the, the, the costumes are a little more revealing and seem to be cut in such a way to add access for after parties. I was like, huh. Ah. Sure.
1: I heard that they were having My Little Pony conventions, and, and I don't know if it's true, but, like, the brony group started showing up, and they're like, well we can't really keep them out, I guess, you know, legally or ethically or something. So what are they, they, they just sort of made a, a convention center like a convention on the side that was just for them. It was sort of like, speaking of Baltimore, in, in the wire when they do the like, where they, they call it like Hamsterville or they like legalize the, the drugs in one city block. They're like, if we could just contain them, then maybe.
2: Yeah, sadly, that's based on a real block in Baltimore, called the Block. I bet, uh, and it's where uh, all the all the adult entertainment establishments are. Pretty uh-huh. notorious area because it's understood that certain things happen in certain places, and the cops just leave it alone as long as it's contained in that. So, yeah, interesting. So you can buy grimaces.
1: Uh- <laughs> Now, in most cities, there are, though, you'll go to that. In American cities, now you'd be like, "Oh, this used to be called the block, but now it's you know a J Crew and a Chase." But in Baltimore, it's still the block. It's
2: my understanding is it is shrinking. Right. This is a ridiculous thing. Oh, it's going going more. Uh, it's becoming more respectable. It's like, oh, really? How's that? It's like, well, they put a hustler club there. It's like. <laughs> oh oh, dear God, Hustler Club means it's more respectable? It's like, woo!
1: At least there's, you know, a corporate, you know, mothership controlling <laughs> all of
0: it. That's putting all the mom and pops out of uh, business. <laughs> I mean, it probably is, though. That's the same. Well, there
2: was an amazing story written by, um, for the Baltimore City paper, Uh amazing story written by a young woman who. Um, was a dancer by trade, and she just decided at some point that she wanted to be, you know, an exotic dancer. And she's like, I don't even know how to do this. And all she had to do was walk down the block, and they would have the guys outside like shillings, like, come into our place, come into our place. And a guy just saw her, was like, if you have your birth certificate with you, you can start working tonight. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And and she says it's not like she was a Playboy model or anything, that she was just an attractive girl, you know, but or a dime a dozen, you know, not someone who was out of the ordinary beautiful or, you know, built in such a way. She was just a girl. And she's like, basically, if you're a female between the ages of 17 and a half and 89, there's a job waiting for you. He's like, oh, that's, that's not fantastic quality control.
1: Well, they're job creators, yeah. I think, is what the takeaway from that.
2: <laughs> that is the, the backbone of the American economy. That is the glasses half full way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So long as she pays her income taxes, she can do whatever she wants.
2: So Eric, uh, as we we left yeah. off, Eric was getting choked out, but uh, the tides do turn.
0: I wasn't getting choked out. Player. Yes, yes. Flash <laughs> was
2: getting choked out.
0: Yeah, and you know, not only the tides turn, but I uh, this, uh, this is an anticlimactic ending. This is such a good fight with the spikes and the tilting disc and Baron hates flash and all this stuff. And like flash has basically lost the fight. He's about to get killed and he only wins. Cause when flash pushes up, the disc happens to tilt down. So Baron just slides all the way down to the edge. Flash doesn't really win the fight.
1: Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. There
0: you go.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it over the next few uh, weeks. This is Flash's last Action scene in a lot of ways. It's the last time it's.
0: It's his last hand to hand.
2: Yeah, it's his last hand hand to hand.
0: Just piloting, yeah, piloting a ship or shooting a gun.
2: He, he he's not really better than Baron. Baron actually gets some of the cool action stuff later in the movie. So it's you're right. It's Flash sort of, and I guess this isn't where he shows that he's the hero. He wins the fight, but they <laughs> it almost feels like Timothy Dalton was. And I do not know this was the case. But it, every now and then you see, like, a fight scene where you, you just sort of get the feeling, and I know this has happened, where the one guy just goes the director's like, well, I can't be made to look like a loser. I still want to be an action star, or I, or, you know, or I still want to be James Bond, and I can't be in this movie getting beat up. I know in, in the Fast and Furious movies, basically all the main actors have stuff in their contract saying they can't lose a fight. Wow. <laughs>
1: I got to get that in my yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder, I wonder. I feel like Dalton is a gracious guy, you know. He understands he's just there to tell a story. I don't, you know. You
2: would hope so. And, But it is just, but Eric is pointing out the thing where Flash sort of lucks into his win here. Um, but I guess where we really get to see... Flash at his best is more coming up in the next minute, and it's not how he, you know, beats up Baron, but it's uh, the graciousness of which he does that.
1: Right, right.
2: Matt, this has been a a, a great first minute where uh, y- you got some good stuff. I feel good. like I really lucked out
1: with this minute. It's, it's, there's a lot happening. I mean, I realize the movie's jam-packed, but this seems like a... There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, it, these are great minutes.
2: But you're right. There, there's not like there's a whole lot of dull minutes. Uh, really, the, it's either really exciting or uh, really, really creepy. Uh, is sort of how this movie happens. And uh, you know, either way, there's good stuff to talk about. Um, where can where can people find out you, you, you're uh, you're a performer? Where can people find out
1: more about you? Um, you know anywhere um i i have a very poorly maintained website <laughs> or um uh you can follow me on twitter i'm over 2000 on twitter and i very rarely tweet <laughs> um so you're kind of out of luck if you want to find out more about me um but um what's coming up for me i'll be on two different shows uh uh Hopefully I'm planning to start working on Veep again soon, and uh, Fresh Off the Boat, and Mom on CBS. So there's plenty of opportunity to tune in up in the, uh, coming up in the fall. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, just look for me at the uh, Hollywood Bowl, <laughs> I'll be down in the front. You'll be hanging out with Can Mr. Cross. Yeah. If you want to know more about me? Come backstage to the Hollywood Bowl
2: tomorrow. Trying to get that Chris uh, Christopher Cross Chris Cross uh, g- crossover happening, and I'm sure Mister Crosby is like, "I've never heard that before," and will be <laughs> telling his people to tase you. Eric, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute?
0: Uh, they can find out more on Facebook by hanging out in the Flash Gordon Minute listeners' vortex on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod and on email, flashgordonminute at gmail.com. Uh,
2: we ask for uh, all the ratings and reviews we can get on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews we get, uh, the better visibility our show has, and uh, you know, the more people that can find us, the, the more we can invite to join in the fun. Um, Eric, this has been another great minute. I'm uh, just looking forward to this week, and uh, I'm glad we're doing this. We have a great guest. But, uh, you know, it's not all great, and... Uh, I have a new thing that I am, uh, I'm not even worried, I am suspicious now, Eric.
0: A suspicious
2: mind? A suspicious mind. As we're recording this in the news, uh, it, it was discovered that Sarah Palin, former vice presidential nominee for the Republican Party, uh, was discovered that she was duped, duped, I say, by Sasha Baron Cohen, who disguised himself uh, as, her, her allegations that he disguised himself as a wounded vet, Uh, is a chance to embarrass her and uh, you know what Eric? You know what it made me realize? I don't know that you're not Sasha Baron Cohen trying to embarrass me.
0: Uh, Well, whether I go by the name Bruno or Borat or Ali G or whatever name this latest incarnation of him is or uh, The Dictator, Great Dictator whatever that movie was he made or if I go by the name Eric, don't worry about it Brad. Flash will save every one of us.
1: Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listeners Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. Hold up, this is your producer Jarf here. Now, we let Brad slide with
0: air supply. We all suffered through new kids on the <laughs> block, but I think it's time to say enough is enough. Uh.